Can we swear? Absolutely. Fucking hey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God damn it, George. Absolutely swear. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's the line, but I think it's close enough. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time for this. On talk, no shock. the Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff and things. Also sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is, the creed that always rises to the top, Mike Seibert. Thank you, and welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, call the Mike Seibert Radio voicemail hotline 231-224-MIKE. That's 231-224-6453 and right into the mailbag, Radio at gmail.com. And this week, my guests are Yoshi from the Transmissions Podcast and Greg from the Unfunny Nerd Tangent Podcast. And we're talking about Transformers Reanimated, a new fan fiction project they're writing that's not entirely without controversy. Also, I'll tell you about an epic birthday plan and how you can help a mom surprise her young son who survived stage 4 cancer and loves yellow cars and bumblebee. All of that and more on this all new episode of Mike Cyber Radio. No mail today. Nobody likes you. Let's show Mike some love. Right into the mailbag at MikeCyberRadio at gmail.com. And of course, the spelling on that is S E I B E R T. You've got mail. Everybody loves you. Welcome back to Mike Cyber Radio. I am your host, and we are talking Transformers today. In fact, we're we're talking a um, unique Transformers uh, project. You know, I like to talk about uh, independent art and independent artists with my Transformers fandom kind of uh, uh, bleeding into the proceedings. And I can't think of an episode that is more true of that than this one. I have uh, two gentlemen, and I use this uh, this term uh, very lightly, as I'm sure they would uh, agree. But no, we're, we're talking about uh, Transformers Reanimated, um, a awesome new project that you can check out at their website, transformersreanimated.com. I have got both Greg and Yoshi here with me. Um, how uh, how are you guys doing? I'm very well. I'm very well. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having us on the show. This uh, yeah, this should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, thanks for letting us do this. This is awesome. Absolutely. Well, I mean, like like we were talking about before I started recording. I mean, th- this is right in my wheelhouse. You know, it's it's independent artists doing their thing, and it's Transformers. So it's like, I mean, th- this is definitely uh, Mike Seibert Radio. And quite honestly, I've I've needed an excuse to kick it with you guys. Like uh, like Greg, I know we've uh, become kind of casually acquainted on Twitter for uh, you know kind of like messing around with our with our buddies in the <laughs> Autopod. Septicast and you know obviously Yoshi you and I've got that uh that evergreen state geographical connection and you know obviously uh you know haven't bumped into each other a handful of times at a handful of cons and so yeah it's it just it was high time that we had 
an excuse and an opportunity uh, to kick it here on a, on a show, and what an opportunity it is. So um, I, I guess let's let's start before we get into what Transformers Reanimated is. Um, why don't you guys take a quick second and um, introduce yourselves? Because you know everybody's podcast is somebody's first podcast. Um, maybe uh, just kind of do a quick introduction, talk about what you do on the internet, and then we'll get into uh, Transformers Reanimated from there. Let's uh, let's start with Greg because it's uh, it, it, it's tomorrow morning over there. He's calling us from <laughs> yeah. from the future. <laughs> And, uh, That's it. So Time yeah, traveling once again. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm I'm part of a uh, podcast network called the Steel Cage uh, Podcast Network, which uh, primarily focuses on like professional wrestling and WWE and things like that. But uh, you can also see that they have a few spin-off shows. Um, there's a show where a couple of the guys do like a, uh, a snacks related show, which is a lot of fun called awesome. uh, dates, which is essentially Derek and Tim eat snacks. So <laughs> you can imagine the kind of fun that pops up from that one. Uh, and of course I have a spinoff show with a couple of the guys called unfunny nerd tangent, which, uh, came up because during a lot of the wrestling talk, we would obviously go on a lot of unfunny nerd tangents talking <laughs> about star Wars and, and Batman and all these kinds of things and so we thought well, why don't we actually just devote an actual show to the topic of just random nerdy things and movies and tv etc so they kind of threw it my way so i had to sort of piece it together and yeah usually two sometimes three times a month we drop a show and it, and it, we try to cover all the latest sort of movies as far as marvel and dc and and all kinds of things like star wars and all that sort of stuff um, but yeah occasionally we'll do some throwback episodes where we did one uh, at Christmas time for uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, and, oh, and awesome. sort of classic movies like that. So, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's uh, unfunnynerdtangent.com is the website uh, where you can get all the, the links and things like that. And of course, we're on uh, iTunes and all those sorts of things. And and through that podcast, I reached out to Yoshi and Charles and and the guys at Transmissions, and they actually came onto our episode for uh, the Transformers. Uh, episode we did about i think it was nearly two years ago now and uh yeah the oh. connection with yoshi has, has kicked off and we sort of haven't looked back that's you're awesome. welcome <laughs> <laughs> because yoshi's such a stand-up awesome guy there you go yoshi <laughs> <laughs> oh man well I, I tell you greg i've just recently uh gotten into your uh podcast i i had no idea that you had this whole other arm of content creation our uh, uh mutual buddy aaron from autopod decepticast hit me with some links he's like he's got a show you need to check it out you would really like it so i'm oh, you know cool. st still making my way through it but I'm uh, I, I was listening to uh, they the get better. They get better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm kind of hopping around, hunting and pecking a little bit. I'm listening to the sure. uh, Dark Phoenix episode currently uh -huh. uh, because <laughs> that uh, that movie was a turd, and I I want to hear other people talking about it. And I'm really excited to get into your uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode because I uh, I I have I have mixed feelings about that movie. So I'm I'm eager to hear other folks, especially from other parts of the world, with uh, um, to see what their takes are. So. So um, really, yes, really excited to get into that. So. An interesting movie for sure. Yeah, that's most be... definitely, most definitely. So, but and and as you can already tell, I I'm one for tangents myself. So we're uh, we're all in good 
uh, company here, or as we might say, uh, simpatico. Um, so, um, and you know what? And and I totally fucked up. A really good segue because you already talked about uh, your partnership with Transmissions and Yoshi, and so um, let's let's just move on to that. Uh, Yoshi, why don't you tell folks um, about your notoriety on the internet and uh, and some of the stuff that you do? Shit. Um, <laughs> So uh, I uh, I co-host the Transmissions Podcast at transmissionspodcast.com with uh, three other really great guys. And we started that six years ago last week. And uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, Jeremy and Charles knew each other, but then Jeremy found Daryl and myself just on Reddit and asked us to, to try this out and see if it turned into a thing. And <laughs> they can't shut us up now. Uh, so can't it's, stop a, you. it's a twice a week show. Uh, and, uh, the question I get asked, is there really that much transformer stuff to talk about every week? And absolutely. We, we limit, uh, both shows to an hour and we've got, you know, pages and pages of stuff that we still haven't been able to talk about, but doing the hour keeps everything on track. We try to hit all the main, the main key, uh, the key things that came out that week. And yeah, um, outside of that, I do a Yoshicast.com, which is uh, primarily about comic books because I love comic books. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's uh, that's our thing. Very cool. I mean, I've uh, I, I've been a fan of Transmissions for a while, and I, the thing that I like the most about it is, well, I, I like several things the most about it. One, just the the uh, genuine uh, camaraderie that that you all have, and what I like is that you know it's not always all four of you on the same episode. You know, some people drop in, drop out. Like Yoshi, uh, but <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I I and and the show always sounds solid regardless of who's there. So so you guys have built a really great cohesive team um, that that I really like. And yeah, the show sounds tight. You know, I could I could learn a lesson or two from uh, Charles's meticulous prep and. And yeah, I mean, you guys keep it tight, and I take my hats off to you because I I've got myself on a timer here just to keep this particular show um, as tight as possible. Because uh, as anybody that's seen any of my episodes recently, um, you know, I I can clock two plus hours easily. So it's uh, it, it takes a lot of discipline to keep tight. And and again, you uh, are. You you are very kind to say that, and it's uh, I I it would be uh, remiss of me not to say the fact that, you know, there are four of us uh, live trying to keep everything zoned in while we're recording. Now, if you listen yeah. to a live show, it's a completely different beast than if you listen to the actual edited. Um, uh, uh, final output. Yeah. But yeah, Charles's meticulous notes, all of us knowing how to interact with each other after this many years and just being uh, succinct and quick with every one of our comments keeps that down. But then mm-hmm. we've got a great guy who's volunteered, our fifth Beatle, Mike, who yeah. you know puts a timer to it and does his darndest to cut out anything that's not Transformers related to just keep that show tight sounding. And it's uh, it's definitely a Herculean team effort every week. <laughs> 
Absolutely. And, and and again, it shows. And, uh, you know, I want to give a quick shout out to the uh, uh, Transmissions Patreon, too, because I I just recently uh, became a patron and am relatively new uh, to the Discord. So the the live shows that you were just talking about, Yoshi, that's that's something that's relatively new for me. And I'm listening to it and it's it's almost a completely different show. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's and and. Coming from a live radio background myself, I love that because it, it has it has that that rawness of we're just doing it and we're doing it live and that's that's really really cool. So I would I would definitely steer folks towards the transmissions Patreon just to be able to get in on that Discord server and experience some of those live uncut shows because it's a lot of fun. Um, it's. I, it's it's that, and I thank you for saying that. I mean, I, the Discord has added a whole level of interaction that we didn't have before. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because we're all in different time zones, especially when I'm on, like when we're done recording, I stay on after so that people can interact and, and talk yeah. with me while I'm prepping the, the intros and stuff. And then throughout the week, the rest of the guys, we all like, if we've got time, we jump in the voice channel for anybody that just wants to bullshit with us. That's really cool. That's uh, that again. That's really fun. And I'll have all of this stuff and more in the show notes for folks to uh, sort through later and uh, be able to check out a lot of the stuff. Uh, uh, thanks for uh, introducing yourselves and and letting us get to know you a little bit. So so let's unpack this. Let. So I guess in the briefest of nutshells, because we're going to spend the whole rest of the show unpacking it and talking about a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, some of the drama, some of the perhaps controversy. Um, let's let's start with what is Transformers reanimated? Words on a page. <laughs> well, words on a page on the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, you know, it's when, when you pull up the website, that first line on the website, I think, sums it up the best. Greg put that together, and it's, uh, to me, it's a piece of art, the way he wrote it. But we're filling the gap between the end of the, the second season of the original 80s cartoon mm-hmm. to the movie, which is 15-some-odd uh, years of content that was never created. And we've always wanted to know, well, what the hell happened? You know, what? that's a big span of time like how did autobot city get built how did uh some of these villains that just kind of disappeared we never heard from again what happened to them you know Mm -hmm. what what happened to carly what happened to all these characters throughout all this time so this is an attempt to one answer that question and two for me and greg's got his own take and he needs to answer it but two (laughs) to make people feel like when they're spending four dollars on a comic book that they actually were entertained Oh man! See, I, I mentioned controversy earlier, and I, I get the feeling that shit's going to get real in just a little bit. I'm excited. <laughs> yes, to unpack, sir. It is. I'm excited to unpack that. So, but, um, uh, but Greg, so, um, so I've got the website up, uh, TransformersReanimated.com, and as Yoshi mm-hmm. just said, you know, the the write up is uh, based on the original cartoon series, The Transformers Reanimated, bridges the gap between the end of the seminal uh, second season and the 1986 movie that to find the childhood of millions, including all of us and all of our friends. Uh, I always like to tack that on there. And again, uh, uh, very well written, very succinct. But uh, but Greg, what's uh, what's your take? What what from your perspective, what is Transformers reanimated? Uh, I think Yoshi summed it up very well. 
from words my on a page perspective i i like i'm a big continuity guy so yeah. for me like people say what's your favorite movie i instantly have an answer and i say back to the future and part of that is because not only that movie in it in and of itself but the sequels apart from the fact that we get a different Jennifer, uh, the rest of the, that series, the continuity is perhaps the tightest I've seen in any movie series that wasn't shot all at once, like mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings and things like that. Sure. There's no retconning. There's no uh, having to go back and say, oh, let's pretend that this part in the first movie meant this in the second movie. The only thing I can think of that sort of pops up out of nowhere is in the second movie with the whole Marty can't be called a chicken uh, thing that he has hang up there. He has to fight people over, over little things. Yeah. So continuity-wise... I love that kind of stuff. I hate movies and things where it's like, oh, all of a sudden this guy has always existed or all of a sudden this character just appears and everyone says, oh, hi, how are you going? You know, it's like, well, who's that? You know, and of course, Transformers is a, a good example of that. So like the second season of the show, Perceptor turns up, you know, the uh, Warpath, all these guys, it's just like, who are they? And like, oh, have they always been there? Because we weren't there in the in the start. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so then I started thinking. Well, we saw the creation of the Dinobots, for instance, in the show. So, part of this Transformers reanimated as well. I thought, well, we could introduce these characters that do just appear in the movie or do just appear in season three, mm-hmm. and and give a backstory as to who they are, how they got there a little bit more than the show did because the show essentially just sort of said, look kids, here's some new toys to play with. Don't worry about those other guys, you know? Right. (laughs) So I think Optimus Prime was the only one that they kind of had to go back to. And that's only because of the, the, the outcry or the backlash or, you know, depending on which rumors and and you believe type of thing. Yeah. I mean, were kids really locking themselves in the bathroom for months? Like I doubt it. But it's a good story. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, it, and it adds to the legend of it and, and the legacy of Transformers, the movie, for sure. Oh, exactly. I mean, I put I put up the Optimus Prime's death up there with other kind of quote unquote kids movies that yeah. are um, distressing as far as like The Lion King. Uh, Dumbo, you know, old yeller. Like, you really have to sit down if you've got a small kid and be like, are they ready for this? Because like, <laughs> that opening shuttle scene yeah. with, you know, Prowl and Ratchet and everyone getting it, it's like, hmm, are they, is your kid ready to see that? Especially if they've watched the show and like, these are all my favorites. And now I get to see them in a movie. Oh, hang on. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it, just brutal. So we thought, well, for reanimated, let's fill in the gap. Like Yoshi said, where did Autobot City come from? Like, how does everybody just accept that Hot Rod and Cup and, and Ultra Magnus are, like, are just there? Mm-hmm. And Ultra Magnus is in charge of Autobot City. So, like, well, there's a story. And, of course, season three, all these Decepticons turn up. Right. So let's let's explain some of that. As well as just let's just mine the fact that we can hit the 80s nostalgia as well and set have a story where Ronald Reagan is president and have a story where... You know, the 
the, the Russians might not be so friendly and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a gold mine of story potential, I think. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And, you know, I, I've said on the record uh, countless times that this era is the most untapped story potential because we, we've we've got nothing and we never got anything. So I... I I, I was immediately drawn to the project because it's like, no, that that's that's a story that I want to read, and it's something that I I always hoped that in some form I would get, and it seems that we're we're getting it in uh, in some fashion. But um, I, I'd like to I'd like to kind of uh, turn back the clocks a little bit. Um, I, I was uh, going through the the website a little bit uh, again, transformersreanimated.com, and Yoshi. You've been doing a killer job of kind of chronicling the uh, the various steps of the project, even from um, its inception, kind of trying to build the hype, uh, sharing art as it's been coming in, and now that it's live, you've been going back and showing some of like the the works in progress and really kind of filling in and telling the story. Uh, so it's a it's it's uh, become quite the robust website as. Uh, um, uh, as well as being the place to uh, view and download uh, the uh, script uh, for your first issue. Uh, but I guess what I would like to ask is, um, you know, you've you've both talked about what the project is, but how how do you get where does it come from to say like, you and me, man, we're gonna do this. where Where does that spark come from? That comes from Greg. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I've, being being involved in the Transformers community as long as I have been, I've 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 got friends who are artists. I've got friends who are writers. Mm-hmm. I've got friends who are colorists. I got friends who are editors. And some of those folks uh, work for IDW Publishing, who owns the comic book rights to Transformers right now. And uh, one of those folks was was very uh, encouraging to me. Uh, cause he listens to the, the transmissions podcast saying, Hey, you know, the transformers is getting rebuke, re- re- rebooted and, and you're a creative guy. You should submit a script in and, and give these guys something to publish. that's worth reading. This is coming from inside the company, mind you. Right. And, uh, I said, well, I, I guess I could. And he, he pushed and pushed and pushed and pretty much mentored me through the whole process. Um, which is great, you know. I mean, it's it's nice to have to know that even if it's it's failed, it's not because I did some sh- silly mistake on a on a step through this process. Um, so that first version of the script, uh, you know, between being a stay at home dad and 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 raising my kid, I literally wrote that first version on my iPhone. Like it with, between all the running around you have to do day in day out, and you know that five minutes before bed when you still got some sort of cognitive ability, I'm yeah. I'm writing lines to try and finish this thing out. And uh, as I recall, I finished it and I, I sent it to my to my mentor friend who uh, is like, I wouldn't change a thing. It looks great. Mm-hmm. And uh, somewhere around this time, now I've got the memory of a field mouse, so Greg's going to be able to correct all of this, but. Uh, <laughs> I was telling Greg, you know, I was kind of working on this project and I was hesitant to tell anybody because it wasn't done and I didn't want to jinx it. But as soon as he caught a whiff of it, he was just like, let me in on this. Let me help you. Let me read it. At least let me edit it. Let me take a look at it and format it for you. Greg. He was saying everything he could to get his hands on it. 
And I was like, That's true. Fuck, <laughs> this is this is going to end it. But I've been sit, working on it so long, i got to show it to somebody else. Yeah. So I sent it to Greg. And Greg, who came back and said the same thing uh, my other friend said, was, this is fucking great. Mm-hmm. And he, he sent it back to me, reformatted it, edited it. And I'm like, oh, that's what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, I have uh, uh, I have final draft, so I oh, talked it up nice. for him. Yeah. That's a powerful I, tool for sure. Mm, definitely. And then Greg suggested we read through it together and just give it one last pass. And I'm gritting my teeth like, fuck, is this a good idea? Do I want to... Do I really want to do this? And so we got on Skype, and uh, I have never laughed so hard in my life. He and I are <laughs> cracking jokes. At the same time, seriously, you know, putting the spit and polish on this script. And it just, it just, it, it took two days because we were laughing so hard at each other. But it turned out, you know, if I can say so, just awesome. And... I have yet to show it to anybody, show the script to anybody, mm-hmm. or since we've released it, we haven't gotten one single negative comment on the damn thing, which blows my mind. Like, I know yeah. we're fans, well, but I figured <laughs> yeah. every fan is going to miss something. Like, we're going to screw up somewhere. Nobody has said anything negative whatsoever, which is just shocking. Yeah, you know, and I'd add I've my voice to that as well. Myself. Yeah, probably. Well, because, you know... It's the not only is it the internet like uh, like Greg just said, but also it's Transformers fandom. I mean, I I spend a lot of my time in my podcast talking about how welcoming and inclusive and warm and genuine and friendly Transformers fandom is. But that's what I've discovered is that's kind of like the in person stuff. Like when I'm meeting people on the convention floor and connecting like we're doing now, but like on social media and the internet transformers fans are fucking assholes so yeah <laughs> i i mean just uh you know just kind of kind of take uh i don't know uh haslab unicron for example look look at how um shitty we've all kind of been and kind of like turned on each other like in a weird way um you know and we can you know loop back around to that uh time permitting but yeah it's 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 one of those weird things where you know, Transformers fans do have that 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 warm community, but there's also that flip side of it where we all know in some way we'll never be fully happy. There's always going to be something to bitch about. Yeah, always chasing that dragon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was, I think, it was an interview for with uh, is it James O'Barr who wrote The Crow? Yes. Okay, so I saw an interview with him. It was an older interview. Mm-hmm. And somebody asked him, like, uh, "Geez, what do you, what do you, how, aren't you upset at what the movie did to your, to your books, or, or, you know, this other iteration of the crow? Aren't you upset at what it did to your books?" And he kind of turned to himself, turned to his side, and pointed to his bookshelf and said, "Nobody messed with my books. They're right there. If you guys care about it, there it is. You can read them." Like that to me was an epiphany moment. Like, yeah. I love G one. I absolutely love G one. I know what I consider canon and what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And there are people, I mean, the age, the age range of Transformers fans is crazy after 35 years and how many people yeah. love different aspects of Transformers. And I'm like, they're no threat to me and I'm no threat to them. There's no reason to argue and get in a fight. Now I understand that they do and I, I get it, but <laughs> I don't, I, ever since I saw that interview, like I don't personally feel threatened. I feel annoyed when, when IDW publishes a comic book that is uh, 
what is it? Star Trek and, and Transformers, and you've thrown Windblade in there. Like, that's it, it's supposed to be an original G1 take on it, and it's not. You've already started it off as, as it not being that, and you've misled everybody with your covers. Like, I, I don't think that's fair to the fandom. Hmm. So you know, I I think I think at that point because I I don't I don't want to lose momentum on that. Let's talk about IDW because um, I I know oh, I I know Here Yoshi you 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 have some very very strong opinions and those strong opinions uh, spill over and are uh, um, you can't separate them from Transformers Reanimated. So kind of stew on that for a sec. But um uh Greg, I, I'd like to I'd like to ask you what's what's your take on on you know IDW's uh, slate of Transformers comics? Are are you a fan? Are you a fan of certain stuff but not other stuff? Um are your takes as scalding hot as Yoshi? Do I need to lower my blast mask down to to make sure I uh, I don't get third degree burns? How, how do you feel? Uh well, I I jumped on around All Hell Megatron because I saw a lot of the artwork that was being produced and sort of the 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 co- the covers and things like that, and I was like, and at the time we were sort of in the middle of the Bay stuff, sort yeah. of building and the designs being released and the and the the Scarecrow look I call it for the Transformers, they all kind of look like weird, you know, haggard mess, and. Uh, I said to my friend, like, we were in the comic shop and all how Megatron was there. And I said, look, like, that's how they should look like that. Like, that's what if you show a picture of Megatron to someone like the comic book or the cartoon, they will go, that's Megatron. Mm -hmm. Not the weird, you know, like I said, scarecrow mess that's in the, the Bay movie. Yeah. And he agreed with me. He goes, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't see why they couldn't have just made that. Yeah, it's going to be a bit different. But why not keep it the same? So we picked it up and we were scrolling through it. And, of course, the, the fighting in the city and the constructor cons are taking down New York and all this kind of stuff. And we're like, there you go. Like, this is the movie right here. So I sort of jumped on from that point. And I know all how Megatron kind of cops a lot of a lot of flack for sort of diverting away from what Furman had already kind of rebooted and restarted with the IDW stuff. Yeah. But I still enjoyed it because at that time I hadn't read – the the Asian series and things like that. I sort of jumped on at All Hail Megatron. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and to me, it was a cross between the old Marvel comics, and which I really liked back in the 80s and stuff, um, and the actual cartoon. Because they looked like the cartoon, but it had a bit of edge to it. And they weren't afraid to just be like, oh, yeah, all those people in that tunnel, they're dead. Yeah. Like, it's not just like, oh, they're okay. You know, the guys in the jet planes being shot down by the Seekers, mm-hmm. they're not jumping out with parachutes at the last minute. Like, no, they're dead because the Decepticons are taking over and they kill people. And I was like, so you need the Autobots to save us. And I was like, that's that's cool. So I kind of read from there and then went through the, the Costa run and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which it has, you know, I understand people don't like it, but I, I still think it has its moments, mm-hmm. especially a lot of the, uh, the hot rod rodimus transition kind of stuff i think that had a bit of merit to it yeah um and then i actually really unlike yoshi i really enjoyed the split where it became uh more than meets the eye and robots in disguise more so the more than meets the eye side of things but then that would be because i'm a big sort of star trek guy as well 
So if you give me Transformers on a spaceship, essentially in the middle of space doing Star Trek missions, right? blended with that sort of odd beat Red Dwarf vibe, yep. uh, I'm in. Yeah, so <laughs> I, 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 I really liked that series. I do think it kind of lost its way a little bit towards the end, and then when they dropped the robots in disguise moniker and stuff like that and, and and that comic kind of became different things like optimus prime and yeah and they split it to Windblade and until all i won that it kind of lost its way a little bit there but i still enjoyed it for for the most part mm-hmm. and i think i was a little disappointed with the whole unicron ending but not not to a degree that i would complain about it so in general i i mostly liked the idw stuff Fair enough. So, a uh, quick question before uh, before I jump to Yoshi: um, Are are you reading the current uh, iteration, or did you jump off? I read. Uh, I think it was issue four or five. It was the issue after. What was it? Rubble. Was it Rubble? Uh, the main, the new, the new yeah, character that they yeah. had. Um, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> the, the issue after he's killed. Fucking spoilers, man! What the fuck? Jesus! Uh, after that, I was like, ah, still nothing really happening in this. I might, yeah. I might come back to it in a few months and kind of binge it or or read like a, a trade version or something like that. So yeah, that that's kind of, real quick. That's kind of my hot take as well. I think I I think I want to read like a couple trades of it because yeah, I've picked up an issue here and there, but I'm not reading it consistently. And you know, it, it seems like um, not a lot of people are digging it. I mean, I think I think some people are tolerating it more than others, but it doesn't really seem to be as well received as perhaps a lot of those other uh, iterations and stories uh, that you were. Referring referring to greg but um mm. but well uh, i mean I'm, I'm glad it exists let me put yeah. it that way because any transformers comics uh is better than no transformers comics so i'm glad it exists i'm glad it's a thing if someone else likes it that's great like i wish i liked it as well as as, as a lot yeah. of people do but like why would you want to actively dislike something like i hope i like everything that i read and i watch because right. i'm gonna sit down and go oh, gee i hope i hate this movie so I, yeah. I hope that I, I wish that I enjoyed it more, but at the moment I'm sort of I'm off it. Uh, but I will definitely check it out in like say six months or something like that. I'll, I'll probably go back and binge it. Gotcha. Well, I mean that's fair, and that and Yoshi, that's pretty much a perfect setup for you. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess I, I guess in a in in a nutshell, what what's because I you know I I've, I've listened to transmissions for a long time so I know a lot of your hottest hot takes but uh, but yeah I guess in summary how how do you feel about the IDW uh, era up to now Mike let's put a let's put a disclaimer in here of like course. I'm a fan of pop culture and if I like something if I like Dark Phoenix for example regardless of what's wrong with me and why I like that. Yeah. I don't want someone to come in and shit on it and make me hate a movie. I really enjoyed. So Mm. if your listeners are super into this iteration of transformers, that is super cool. 
I'm about to trash it. So please <laughs> turn off the podcast because <laughs> I don't want to destroy something inadvertently that you are really in love with. Yeah. And, and I guess I guess I really am kind of poking the bear now that I realize it because I guess I am trying to get Yoshi unchained. But you know what? I got your download anyway. So, yeah. So if, if this is your jumping off point and this is where we uh, part ways, uh, TransformersReanimated.com. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> But please, the floor is yours. Yeah, tell me again what your question was specifically. I'm sorry. In a nutshell, how do you feel about the IDW era of Transformers comics? They're written for the trade paperback. They're boring as hell. It seems like a lot of the stories are political, and I can't think of anything more boring than not only politics, but artificially created politics that we have to understand to get the better, the bigger scope of what's going on in a mm-hmm. universe. You know, there's there's been a couple of standouts IDW has has produced that I I personally enjoy. Uh, you know the um, what was it the where they went? I think it was called Reservations or Renovations or something. Where they went back to the '86 movie and what happened if Optimus Prime? Oh, uh, deviations. Die? Deviations, deviations. Uh, the the Transformers uh, Mars Attacks crossover was phenomenal. Um, and more recently, uh, because, uh, I get to review books with, uh, with Charles and the guys on transmissions, they sent us an advanced copy of Transformers 84. And this thing was ripe for me to love it. You've got Simon Furman writing it, original writer. You've got, uh, Guido doing the art, who is a phenomenal artist. You've got Bove doing the colors, who is a G1 fan. I mean, there was yeah. there was hardly anything for me to dislike on here. It could have been two issues. That's my only beef with it. I really enjoyed that story, and I hope everybody checks it out because I've got I've got no problems patting IDW on the back for when they do something right. Um, but it, certainly, from my point of view, they're doing more wrong than right. Comics to me, um, more and more adults are reading them, but. I don't think that should change the fact that people are trying to escape for 15 minutes while they're reading a book. Mm-hmm. And, and a part of that is being able to the fact that you can go into the comic book store right now, pick up, uh, I think it's the Immortal Hulk. Any issue of the Immortal Hulk, which is selling like gangbusters, which is probably Marvel's most popular book right now, that's a one and done. You don't have to read issue one to know what's going on in issue 12. Sure. You, you feel like you've spent your $4, a quarter or a third of a, of, a, of a paperback novel, by the way, and you've read that book and you've, you've enjoyed it. And you may not love the Hulk. You may not pick up another one, but you feel like you got your money's worth out of that issue. I don't want to have to buy six issues of a Transformers book to be like, oh, I get it. That makes like sense. The only time yeah. that's worked for me is The Watchmen. That's the only time something like that's worked for me. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so one of the goals in writing Transformers Reanimated is was just that was that a kid who uh, you know this is America, so you know most kids maybe get five dollars for allowance can grab any issue of of our of our book. Uh, of our script, well, now they can because it's free, but but could grab any issue of that and feel like they didn't just blow their allowance on 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 a mistake. Um, it's 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 not only a, we, Greg and I have worked hard to not only just make it a self-contained story for each issue, but to pepper it with hints of what's to come or an underlying story that's yeah. not that doesn't even you won't even realize it until you're at the fourth issue or something. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And with the exception of the occasional two part that we have got planned for the future, you know, people are going to be able to pick up an issue of this or download an issue of this and feel like, man, that was free and I got my money's worth. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. So that path kind of took us out of order a little bit from from what I uh, where I was originally going to go. Uh, But I think I think it was kind of critical to get that baseline of how you guys both feel about IDW's output of Transformers comics as that can't help but inform the types of stories that you want to tell and the things that you're uh, creating. It, it really feels like you're filling a need that you don't feel is being met by the folks that have the license. Would that, would that be fair to say? I think based on our download numbers alone from day one, that, uh, that comment is justified. Like I, I don't have that. I don't have as many Twitter followers as I've had downloads. Like, this is crazy to us. Yeah, I think it's not so much about saying that this is wrong and this is right or they shouldn't be doing this, they should be doing that. It's more a case of like, well, you have the license. You can do multiple things. You could literally have a comic coming out that is set in every Transformers universe mm-hmm. there's ever been if you wanted to and if there was a demand for it. So you could have a G1 cartoon Transformers reanimated comic sure. that we can write for you and have written for you. <laughs> uh, you can have a Michael Bay, Bumblebee, you know, comic book set in that universe. You can mm-hmm. have the IDW more than meets the eye. You can have the new version, like we said, that, that sort of is out at the moment. They can do anything they want. You can have Star Trek. You can have crossovers with the Ghostbusters. Like you can do anything you want. So if there's an interest there and there or there's untapped stories, why not? It doesn't have to be one thing. You can ha- like look at Marvel and DC. You know sure. they have versions of Batman where he is essentially like Adam West in the in the cartoon style comic book. But then you have the full on. Uh, you know, Elseworlds, Black Label, they call it now, stories yeah. where you wouldn't show it to a kid. Yeah, where you, know, where you can see you Batman's can do everything and anything. <laughs> I got you. So let's so so let's let's go deeper then. Um, let's talk about why folks are able to download this at uh, uh, TransformersReanimated.com and not plucking down their three ninety nine to grab a published comic book at their local comic shop. Uh, do we want to talk about that? Yes. <laughs> so let's so so I guess so I guess let's start with I mean because I mean you know, we did a lot of the origin story stuff, but um, I, I guess I I would like to get the story of um, the submission process the the um the uh, letter you got in return and kind of how that brings us uh to today when when greg and i finished everything printed it all off put it in a portfolio and got ready to mail it uh we had said so what are we going to do when when they read this decide they don't like it like this is a lot of work should we just throw it up on a website and give it away for free i mean it was it was it was kind of lackadaisical how we we talked about it because the last thing i needed was another job or another hobby mm-hmm. and uh you know we both kind of agreed that you know we'd do that i mean we put a lot of time into it. it all this 
literal money and hours. I mean, I mean, getting getting the art done is not a cheap process, and uh, you know, binding this all together and mailing it off was not a cheap process. But uh, we did what I wasn't personally uh, expecting or ready for or mentally prepared for was. Uh, according to the rejection letter, they didn't even bother. They didn't, they, they didn't read anything. And, uh, you know, we guilted them <laughs> in our, in our introduction letter to get them to do it. If somebody had yeah. read it and said, it's just, it's not up to our standards. Um, and we don't have time to give you pointers. Like, I think I would have been a lot more calmer in that rejection than the one that resulted in, you know, we're not even going to bother. Like I went from zero to pissed in no time. And I stewed on that with Greg for about 24 hours. And I said, screw it. We're throwing this website up. We're going to have this ready for, uh, I think I said new comic book day, but every Wednesday is new comic book day. So I wanted it up and I wanted the, the issue out by Wednesday. Sure. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm a computer geek and nerd and I, I pride myself on that, but I'm not the best. Somebody else probably could have gotten this website up faster and looking better. But I, I mean, I was just burning the candles at both ends to right. get this thing going and get posts ready and, and have it ready for new comic book day. Um, so it was, it was, yeah, it just, just the fact that I can't imagine the editor of the Transformers comics at IDW is getting so many Transformers submissions every month, week, or day, that they couldn't be bothered to read it. It, it just boggles my mind. It does fall into the old, if people aren't aware, we, it does fall into the old unsolicited material uh, box because that's, that's, the, uh, that's the answer we got, essentially, was like, hey, I got your, uh, we got your submission. It looks really great, but as it's unsolicited, uh, what did he say? I cannot and will not read an unsolicited script. But anyway, it looks good. So if you'd like it back, I'll post it back to you. And uh, look, from my point of view, I'm sort of on the fence. Like on one hand, I understand it. And I think, okay, that's the way they do business. You can't expect them to change everything. And, and they have a million reasons as to why they go for, they, they won't read an unsolicited script. Having said yeah. that, we were directed by someone in the company to submit it this way. So you would think that if they want to read it, they can, because otherwise our mentor in the company wouldn't have said, Oh, don't just send it in because they won't read it because it's unsolicited. So there's a way. And having said that, if he got a script, he could easily have just said, wow, it looks really good, but it's unsolicited. Well, solicit it now. Like, you know, just message us or email us back or whatever and say, okay, I'd like to see something because from the outset, the presentation of it looks pretty cool, especially when you've got artists by guys that have worked for them before. So it's not like we just drew stick figures or something. You know? Sure. <laughs> so, sure. Uh, and, and, and I definitely want to make sure we spend time to uh, shout out the awesome art that's been accompanying this. Um, but I, I guess... I, I got to ask, and, I, and I, I mean this with all due respect, you know, I, I'm, I'm supportive of the project. You guys are my friends. I want to help. But the first thing I thought once I downloaded the script and I read the rejection letters is like, guys, what else did you think was going to happen? So We, we were 99.9% uh, certain that we would probably not even hear anything back. 
we expect we made jokes of it saying like wow that artwork that artwork is going to look really good on the wall with the rejection letter in a frame you know like we sure. we made jokes of it we fully expected to be rejected we had no illusions that like we're going to send this script in they're going to love it we're going to be like the next alan moore you know like right. <laughs> that'd be ridiculous we we know the odds of it we knew it was a very 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 slim chance of the of the guys even like opening the mail let's face sure. it sort of like i said i'm on the fence i'm disappointed that it was rejected without even being read because of the solicitation schedule or uh, not schedule laws whatever they want to mm-hmm. you know harness themselves with on the other hand I take some solace in the fact that it wasn't rejected because it was a piece of shit, uh, as far as he knows, anyway. And I think the response that we've had from the internet and the fans that have downloaded it and crashed our website on the first day by downloading it. And like Yoshi said, not one single... I'm sure we'll get a heap of them now, but not one single <laughs> negative comment about about it. And don't get me wrong, if there's negative comments about it, that's fine too because that will, as a writer, that will only make you better because people will point out flaws in your work and say, hey, this doesn't make any sense. I don't like this. I don't think that character would say that. And then you look at it and think, oh, actually, you might be right. Let's make it better. So I have no problem with, it, with that negative comments. But... So we take some solace in the fact that IDW didn't reject it based on its quality, at least. So, but yeah, it's just it's still a bit of a gut punch. But knowing that they rejected it without looking at it, but we were yeah, we were under no illusions that it was going to be picked up. We, we like I said, we made multiple jokes at our own expense of how okay. it, we wouldn't even hear anything ever about it again. And, Five years from now, we'd be like, remember that time we sent off a script? I wonder whatever happened about that. <laughs> because, yeah, and and again, I, I mean no offense. I'm not uh, trying to be rude, but I, I, have, I have Yoshi's letter to IDW Publishing in front of me. And um, you're looking at the, the, the uh, first paragraph, uh, second line. Um, you know, now, since we're not enemies, we ask that you at least give the first few pages a look over. Um, I don't know, Yoshi. I again, I, 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 I just, I, I feel like there, there, there's a confrontational um, aspect to this uh, submission letter for an unsolicited work that I don't know if it's warranted. I mean, because I understand you guys were uh, mentored by somebody within the company, and I, I'm not gonna, you know, name names or throw anybody under the bus and say that you got bad advice. But it just, it, it just kind of feels like I, I don't, I don't know if this was the right way to do it. Just, just one guy's opinion. You know, um, there's a couple of ways I can answer this, so I'm going to try just to limit it to two. Sure. Uh, I, I co-host a podcast where I do not hold back my feelings about the current state of Transformers comics. Um, you know, the, the guys just came back from TFCon Toronto and uh, let me know that a lot of the creators there didn't care for my negative takes on, on the works that they were working on. So, uh, clearly IDW, uh, is aware of our show. They're the ones who give us the books in advance. Uh, they're hearing that I in particular don't like the books. Um, 
what 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 isn't being expressed from anybody that I'm hearing is that I'm, you know, for six years now throwing out alternatives that would get me to open up my wallet, uh, you know, one and done stories or, or make you feel like you got your money's worth or, you know, what's with the politics or why is Optimus Prime so whiny all yeah, of a sudden? Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a barrage of complaints that I have nothing but giving them on the show. So to, I don't, I guess I didn't feel writing a letter that said, you know, we're not enemies. Mm-hmm. I'm, I understand I'm coming from an angle of why the hell are you guys doing this? Why can't you see the obvious fix? Um, was just a way of being like, you know, I, here is, here is what I think people would buy. Here's mm-hmm. what would get me to open up my wallet at $4 a month yeah. for this book. Here, here it is. Here's, I've been talking about shit for six years. You guys have done nothing. So mm-hmm. here it is. Here on a silver platter, we've got five more in the can. Like we're we're mm-hmm. ready to go, you know, and and the response, you know, and if if there's a grudge held, which I don't think, I truly don't think there is, but if there's a grudge right. held because of my take on the reviews on our podcast, and that was the reason why they why they didn't want to read any of this. Okay, well, here was the chain result of that. I'm pissed. I spent it over a year and my own personal hard-earned money to get this made, produced, and sent to you to show you this is what people are going to buy. This is what my people are going to buy. This is certainly what I'm going to buy. You didn't do it. Man, I have never in my life set up a website this fast. (laughs) You know, like I I needed somewhere to put out my my venting. And this is the result. Like. Uh, to Greg, it's like, dude, I'm just, we're just going to write scripts. And to me, I'm like, we can't do this fast enough. Fuck this. You know, I think that answers. Yeah. I see. I was on the, I was on the point of like, why don't we just keep writing more scripts Uh so that if we, if they do ask for more, we can go, here they are. (laughs) My, my thing was they're probably going to, if they read the story and go, eh, it's not for us, you know, but we could say, well, we don't like this story. We don't think it's any good or it's not where we would take it. We could then turn around and say, well, what about this one or this one or that one? And sort of have a bunch ready to go. And so Yoshi was kind of like, look, I don't want to really spend too much time on more scripts at the moment. Um, but, you know, if you want to write something else, you know, an outline or whatever, come back to me with a story pitch or something, why not? So I was like, all right, give me five minutes. <laughs> sure, sure. Came back with like, hey, what if we did this? And then this would happen, and then that would happen. And then the Yoshi's <laughs> like, oh, my God, that would mean this could happen, and this guy could turn up. And then, and then of course, I would then bounce off of Yoshi's, bouncing off of me, and we would just be like, you know, well, then there's this and this. All right, cool. All right, well, uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And then email, uh, Yoshi would get an email like 12 hours later with a script. Like, hey, have a look at this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then of course we would get on Skype and, and sort of bust it out and, and Yoshi would add his take to it, or I would add take to his words or whatever. And we would sort of smash it out. We, we did sort of pump out quite a bit of content um, ready to go. And so when we were like rejected through, through the process of, you know, unsolicitation or whatever you want to call it, that's when Yoshi kind of clicked in and was like, well, Let's just give it to people for free because we spent time and money on this. Why not? You know, let's just let's at least put our our 
money where our mouths are. Yeah. And if we're going to rip in and say, hey, you should, like, there should be a comic based on this. Like, anyone can say that. Anyone can say, oh, I wouldn't have done that in the latest Marvel movie or, oh, I hated how Game of Thrones ended or right. whatever. Okay, well, what would you have done? Oh, well, I don't know. Something better? Like, well, yeah. <laughs> so at least submit an idea and say, I wouldn't have done that. I would have done this. Sure. And that's that's kind of this this point as well. I think we're kind of like, well, okay, we we look at the current Transformers comic and think, hmm, okay, fine, if you like it, great. We we don't really, uh, but in saying that, this is what we would do, and then people can either like it or not like it, the same as they're free to like Game of Thrones or you know the reboot of Star Trek or or whatever. Fair enough. Um, you know, Mike. Yeah. Every. Every aspect of our submission was designed to to capture uh, the editor at IDW's attention. That letter, the way it's written, I think it's fair to say they don't get many letters like that. Like that's that's going to make somebody raise an eyebrow, and it was it was designed <laughs> yeah. that way. Um, okay, and that, that, that's and nervous laughter. By the way, I'm not laughing at you. I was like, that, the rest of it. <laughs> it, it's certainly you memorable. Know, you, you, I get what you're saying. And, and the criticism that Greg and I have got is the way we've submitted it. And our only rebuttal to that is, look, we were mentored and we were following directions, um, to the letter. So, uh, you know, you can't, as far as I can tell from my looking, like you can't submit anything to Marvel. Marvel looks for you. So, uh, I, I, we just did as we were told and, uh, I don't regret that, but every aspect of what we sent was to show we know what we're doing. The letter was written to encourage them to read this. Like, what's it going to hurt for you to read three damn pages? Mm -hmm. You know, the art was to show we know how to work with your established IDW artists already. I've got a history and thousands of dollars invested in sketch covers from just IDW artists alone. Mm -hmm. like we know how to talk to them. We, we, you know, our colorist is somebody within the company. We know how to interact with these people. They're not pissed at us. As a result, we clearly paid the bills on time. Right. Like you're, you're, you're by reading this and in the off chance accepting us, we can hit the ground running without that awkwardness. Hey, you know who I am. I know who you are type of bullshit. Like we can, you could name an art with the exception of maybe two overseas. I have worked with all the transformers artists on one level or another. This, there wouldn't be a learning curve or a struggle here. So, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe that, that letter came off to flip it, flip it, but it's one that's hard to ignore, I think. And that was, that was our point. We didn't want to be ignored. Like this isn't your average submission. Take a second. Sure. That's fair. And, you know, I, uh, before we run out of time, uh, I, I want to make sure that, you know, we have the opportunity to talk about the amazing work that Casey did and the amazing work that uh, that Tom Belong did. Um, let's uh, let's talk about that before before we talk about what the next uh, evolution of this project is and what's next for Transformers Reanimated. Absolutely. Anything I'm about to say or Greg and I are about to say, we've already written about on the website. So, right. uh, you know, if you want to take notes, you can certainly go to transformersreanimated.com and do so. Um, and, and for me, it was not unlike, you know, commissioning a sketch cover that I, I love to do at conventions. But 
Uh, when when I think about who can pull off the animated look of the '80s, to me that's Casey. Like Casey can can draw a straight line better than anybody I know, and and I feel like that's what we got. I wouldn't say it's it's a hundred percent on the mark of the '80s, but it definitely pulls that nostalgic heartstring and and sucks you in, in my opinion. You know, we went to a couple of artists before going to Casey just because personally I was worried. Like, I respect Casey and love his work so much. I was so worried that if he didn't like the script, that would crush me Um, (laughs) and probably save both Greg and I a lot of money. But uh, when I did approach him at TFCon Burbank, he uh, he was eager to read the script. He said, email it to me as soon as you get home. And, And I did. And. He loved it, and he wanted to know what my ideas for what page to render and what cover, what the cover should look like. And uh, you could see the whole process on the website. You know, I, I gave him a, a, as good of a description as I can. I photoshopped yeah. some stuff up so he had some sort of a visual. And um, like a master of his trade, he took what I suggested and bumped it up ten notches, uh, which. I, I absolutely love everything he did. He's never been able, he's never one of those guys where I've given him an idea and he's come back with something I didn't like. Like all of his personal touches and improvements are something that only an artist can see. Like I can't see that because I can't draw. And (laughs) And I mean, like that, like the angle itself, like how that it's sort of pitched upwards. So it's almost like you're standing there with your tiny human sized point of view, looking up at these two alien robots that are massive, you know, in front of the white house, Mm -hmm. like that was never a direction of like, Hey, make it look like this. It was just have prime and Megatron in front of the white house. And Casey's taken that and run with it and gone, what about this? And infinitely better than what we could have imagined. Absolutely. I mean, it it conveys scale in a way that I don't think the Transformers have been expressed in a good hot minute. Even where you got human characters running around, uh, there there was just something about that angle, that perspective to where it's like, oh, you should uh, look up at a Transformer and be awed by it. You know, it's kind of like that 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 kind of gobstruck jaw dropping type thing, and it's and it's again, it's a, it's a magnificent piece. I mean, wonderful line work and uh, and magnificent colors as well. And uh, and for anybody that's listening, like Casey Collar is super polite and super easy to approach. And oh, if you yeah. have the opportunity to just say hi to him at a convention or commission a piece, like you can't you can't ask for a better first time experience either. The guy is absolutely amazing. Um. So uh, when when colors came along, um, it's hard to pick a bad colorist for this particular project from my point of view, because all the colorists I've spoken to uh, that were on my short list have 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 talked about their their love for G1. Josh Burcham, uh, John Paul Bove, uh, Tom B. Long. Um, And it just so happened that when the art finally got done and, uh, uh, you know, Tom saw it. Tom was like, "Ooh, let me color it." And I'm like, "Okay, like it's not going to hurt anything. We can we can hire multiple people to color it if we don't like how it comes back." And um, you know, as we said in the post, like that was our learning curve. I think really was uh, understanding how flats work and why some of the things yeah. wrong intentionally from the get go. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it was it was fun. Uh, we now know this <laughs> and. Uh, it's going to be cool moving forward because we've had um, 
we've got an artist who approached us after after the first issue who is eager to jump on and actually attempt to comic out the entire second issue. Oh wow! Uh, by the release date, so if if we're lucky and he's able to pull this magic trick off, the release of issue two will be uh, the comic book pages, all the pages followed by all the script pages. So uh, that'll give people a unique look at like, this was our description. This was the interpretation. How neat, you know? But uh, I think Greg and I will be stoked just to have a cover done for each issue, just to give yeah. people some sort of reference of of uh, what the issue is going to look like. But if, if he can pull this off, man, that'll be, wow. I mean, we'd, we'd be stoked. That'd be really cool. And I, I guess in my imagination, what what I'm seeing for the future of this project is that it would be the evolution of, you know, you guys as aspiring comics creators and how the process gets brighter and tighter and better and the issues become more and more complete to the point where you're just more or less uh, self-publishing at uh, at that point, which uh, which brings me to a question I I think I was going to ask earlier, but I kind of lost track of. Um, so we know that IDW didn't look at the script for Transformers Reanimated, but now that you've commissioned uh, uh, Casey Collar to do the art and Tom Belong to uh, color it, and it's obviously published, um. Do you think Hasbro is going to have any issues with what you're doing? I th- I think we, because we, we've looked at this as a comic book release for so long that mm-hmm. that's how we say it. Uh, we've been very careful on the website to explain that this is free fan fiction that was rejected by IDW. Um, and, and I believe that that covers our asses. Uh, I'm, if, you know, I've never I've never done this dance before. If right. if they come after us uh, for some reason that I cannot understand or think about, uh, we'll have to cross that bridge uh, when we get there. I have set aside a little bit of money for a legal fund if that actually happens. But we're not taking any money from this. We've been right. offered money. Uh, we we're not taking it. We don't have any intentions to take it. Um, yeah, we and had at least half of a that, because we're not, we have no funds saying... coming in. Because we have no funds Sorry. coming in, I don't know how long we can continue this just for fun. Um, we're, you know, we got to play it day by. You know, we've got we've got six scripts now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so for the next six months, there'll be there'll be issues put out for free. Beyond that, is anybody's guess. Uh, I I'm having fun right now. I believe Greg's having fun right now, and we want to keep going. But you know. Uh, not having a paycheck at the end of the day is going to wear thin on both of us eventually. Yeah, so, for sure. For sure. It's just a matter of what it's free. I think I, it's free fan fiction. Um, we would love IDW to change their mind and, 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 and want to buy these ideas from us, these concepts or buy us and have us do it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with Hasbro's, um, re-releasing of G1 figures and overpricing them. And the fact that they are, flying off shelves you know it's like greg said earlier there's no reason why there can't be a version of transformers for every iteration that there's been there there's a market for the g1 guys now because we all have money we're not living with mom and dad right, right. we want to buy this you know as as shown by the overpriced re-release figures that hasbro's thrown out there um you know keep and, your and current the, transformers and the book and push the modern in... toys 
and the fact that any time that these conventions send Peter Cullen or Frank Welker, it's it's huge. So the people aren't lining up to see the you know the voice actors from the Bay movies. They're lining up to see the voice actors from the show. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's your market right there. Fair enough. So, um, so as we get closer to uh, closing out, actually, the um, so I have a voicemail uh, from a listener I'd like to play for you, and I just got a uh, listener submitted uh, question that uh, that we'll run through uh, real quick. But before that, if uh, you know, Yoshi, you something you said earlier that stuck with me is that you know, you know. Um, a number of uh, comics creators, and I'm sure a lot of us that are kind of in the content creation game, whether we're you know podcasters, YouTubers, whatever, you know, we've all got kind of like our own networks of uh, folks that can create. If like let's say hypothetically, I'm an artist or a colorist or a letterer or um, something like that. If I am listening to this and say, well, I like the cut of those guys jib. I, uh, I want in on this project as well. Um, what, um, how would folks do that? Should they just like reach out to you and, and, you know, give you like unsolicited work? How, um, how, how, I, I guess how how would somebody There's on that word again? <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, seriously, how how would somebody on the other side of the speaker uh, get involved if they wanted to? Well, uh, this isn't a question Greg and I have talked about uh, between ourselves, but uh, I'll say this: uh, please send us your unsolicited work and all the information you can about everything you do to uh to the email on the transmission or the transformers reanimated <laughs> website careful <laughs> um we'll happily go over i'm sure that i i can't imagine that our current artist who is who is doing these wants to do this whole thing as a as an actual issue uh wouldn't mind some help like uh so by all means we're we're we can we will happily look at stuff we're not asking for and seeing if there's a fit um I also personally, I'm not a fan of uh, doing it for free. If uh, I can't pay Casey Collar dollars, but we can throw something in your direction, um, and uh, because we, at the end of the day, you're using your trade to to help us all advance whatever the hell this is we're doing. Gotcha. Uh, so uh, you know, again, can't can't promise Casey Collar dollars, but. Uh, we definitely don't expect anybody to to work for free. Gotcha. You know, and apropos of nothing, I just uh, imagine when you kept saying Casey Collar dollars, I, I'm imagining <laughs> dollar bills with with Casey's gentle smiling face on there because he is like one of the most friendliest creators I've ever interacted with. He's a great guy, and yeah, I'd I'd like to see some. Uh, Casey Collar dollars. I. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so so um, uh, let's let's move on a little bit because I did have um, a couple more questions and a couple other things uh, that I that I kind of wanted to wrap about um, uh, quickly before our time runs out. So um, let's start with a, a listener submitted voicemail, and I can't even say this with a straight face. I'm just going to play it because I'm going to get out. I'm going to mess up my own joke. So all right. So stand by. Here's a here is 
voicemail on the Mike Seibert Radio uh, voicemail hotline, which incidentally, if you want to leave us a voicemail, it's uh, 231-224-MIKE. That's uh, 231-224-6453. Let's, uh, let's go to the voicemail hotline. Hello, it's me, Dreadnoughts. You maybe know me as a combined amalgamation of all the Dreadnoughts characters from the G.I. Joe series just in one evil, fun-loving, all-shaped of a body. And I now run a charity. It's called Not For Tots, where we deliver locked-off ponytails to the underserved children all across the world. Anyway, my, my question. With the J1 style being a very specific pastiche, you know, with all the fun and the warmth and the silliness and the one-liners, my question be, what specific episodes and specific writers served as your inspiration for your writing? I'll take me answer offline. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Dreadnoughts. <laughs> I, I wonder who that that voicemailer hmm. is. I... Uh, uh, and you can listen to Autopod Decepticast every Sunday, uh, where uh, Dreadnoughts or Dreadnoughts or Top Knots or whatever. Uh, uh, anyway, so um, so uh, speaking of Autopod Decepticast, they also tweeted more uh, succinctly. You know, how do you get yourselves in the mindset to write all G one styley, and what episodes and writers served as the best inspiration for your writing? So we can uh, um, tackle that. Well, I write down a story idea. And Yoshi says no. <laughs> well, Yoshi tells me I'm wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we just try to basically take the best parts of the of the show and turn it up to eleven. And and sort of who are our favourite characters? What what characters do we think didn't get their just desserts? Mm -hmm. What sort of um, trope? could you use using particular characters, things like that. Um, Episode-wise, I'm a big fan of Dinobot Island, the two-parter, uh, and probably also the the other two-parter, funnily enough, the Megatron's master plan with the whole Sean Berger and the Starscream dressed up as Optimus Prime, all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And basically Dinobot Island because it features Power Glide heavily, which, as Yoshi knows, I'm always trying to sneak Power Glide into the story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I noticed that in the script for issue one. Again, mild spoilers, but yeah, uh, Power Glide uh, shows up, and I, I thought that was pretty rad. Yeah. It's like the, the aerial bots attack, and this happens, and I'm like, hey, hey, Power Glide's a jet, kind of. Can he can he be there as well? <laughs> She's like, fine, we'll put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's awesome. So, uh, how about you, Yoshi? How uh, how do you kind of get in that uh, G one headspace? And what are some of uh, you know particular writers or episodes or uh, inspirations you draw on? I wish I could give credit to specific writers. Unfortunately, I I can't. Um, for me, it's a cross between uh, watching episodes randomly from the first two seasons which works out great because my kid loves g1 and so they're almost always on anyways um but it's to get the it's to get the the tone or the voice of a character um you know this is a lot where you know i get my my vibe of optimus prime being a leader and being decisive and and having the particular vocabulary he has it's not any one writer it's just 
understanding his breath between those those two seasons. Uh, at the same time, like if I need to, if ah, shit, let me just throw out an example. I guess mm-hmm. you know, if I need to understand, uh, say, Doctor Arkaville better. Uh, I'll sit down with my kid and be like, "Hey, we got to watch some episodes," which there's no argument from, and you know, I'll 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 really immerse myself in a particular character. While at the same time, I keep a notepad with me just to write down every single damn quip between Megatron and Starscream because the, <laughs> those are the best, and I haven't gotten to use them to their full potential. Like I, I but I sit down and I write all of these quips down um, for inspiration in the future. Yeah, it's it's not. I wish I wish I could point to one specific writer, but it's it's a mesh of how would they talk and how do folks remember them talking? Yeah, and and hitting we, that balance. I we hit the the perfect nail on the head. I think when we figured out the dialogue for Soundwave in some of the other scripts that we have, where you would hear him on the show and everyone remembers Soundwave. And like, for me, he's one of my favorite characters as well, simply because as a kid, I loved all the characters that had some kind of outlandish voice. Yeah. So like I mentioned Warpath before, because he's all like, blam and zowie, you know, like I love that. I'd still love it. Um, and of course, Soundwave has the most iconic voice of all the Transformers, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. So anyone like that, you know, Jazz, Blaster, Grimlock, anyone with some kind of, different voice that isn't just a guy talking um so but then you would find i remember the marvel comics back in the day specifically like Soundwave was very talky yeah and as a kid i would struggle to think like how how is he saying this like how is that it doesn't meet that rhythm that he had and even some of the idw comics as well you're like ah oh, he's I, it's cool it's fine it's not mm-hmm. the show it's a different sound wave and he's still awesome but just oh, we want that rhythm and yeah. so yoshi and i were struggling with some of it here and there and we figured it out it's two sets of five he goes one two three four five one two three four five that's how he talks so that's what we try to write down so he he won't just say like well megatron we need to go here and do this and be quick about it because it's too wordy he would yeah. be like megatron we need to leave you know at once, you know, mission complete, something like that. It's all, yeah. it's, we basically try and write Soundwave with uh, 10 words or less, you know, because like we said, it's one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. That's kind of his, his take on it. So we're taking things like that from the show and trying to sort of amp them up. And yeah, especially with like Starscream and Megatron, as Yoshi said, that's, uh, that's been pretty interesting. Very cool. I I love it. And and again, that that was something that was very apparent to me almost immediately when I read the script for the first issue. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, you've nailed it when you can hear the characters' voices. Um, It's like something, Greg, you had mentioned earlier with Soundwave, you know, reading the IDW books. It's like it kind of works, but it also really kind of doesn't. Um, but with this, it's like everything is just about note perfect. It's like you, you can hear the vocal performance in, uh, you know, f- saying lines that were never written and were never spoken by those actors. But yet it still it still plays and it still sounds authentic uh, when you read it in your head, if if that makes sense. Well, that's great. That's yeah. Appreciate you saying that, because that's what we we're trying to do as well is, you know, we had a couple of times where it's like. 
would if jazz is speaking he needs to be cool you know he mm-hmm. needs to say cool stuff and not just you know look out watch out he you know he would he has his his way of of speaking um optimus prime isn't going to use a lot of slang or colloquialisms you know he's quite formal and things right. like that so and starscream is is typically whiny so mm-hmm. whiny or overconfident so his his and sort of like a he's essentially like a cartoon shakespearean character in, in a <laughs> Very sense much because so. he he has grand yeah he has grand designs and schemes for himself he has delusions of grandeur all that kind of stuff that we all know and love of starscream so it's and that's where yoshi and i bounce off each other quite well because there will be a line and we'll be like ah, it doesn't sound like blaster or would mm. Would Grim like me especially? I I wrote a, a Grimlock heavy script, and I, looking back at it, the, on the first uh, read through that Yoshi and I did together, he was a little bit wordy. He was a little bit IDW Grimlock. Yeah. So we we pulled it back and we're like, no, no, no. The general comic idea of Grimlock is that he's a smart guy. He's this ultimate general. But his voice box is essentially shattered or broken, like especially the the Marvel comics with Furman. Mm-hmm. So he speaks like a caveman, but he doesn't think like a caveman. But we had to remember the cartoon Grimlock is is dumb. He does speak like a caveman because he thinks like a caveman. So we had to just sort of adjust <laughs> that a little bit. I I love that distillation of it. That that's that's perfect. Um, so before we do a final roundup, um, you know, and you can remind folks where we can uh, connect with Transformers Reanimated on the internet and social media, as well as how we can keep up uh, with both of you guys, my uh, my guests, uh, Greg and Yoshi. Um, I, I I got a bonus topic now. Um, when I'm not talking about Transformers, I uh, I find myself, you know, from my my college radio background, uh, you know, I get to hang out with independent musicians sometimes. I do interviews <laughs> just like this, you know, where you know instead of you know talking about Transformers, we're talking about you know their new record or a show that they got coming up or whatever. Um, I I was I was chatting with uh, Anthony Brucalli from uh, Transformers University, and he reminded me of something that I I think I knew but i had forgotten um yoshi you were in a band right yeah and greg you (laughs) uh even on your twitter page i double checked it you guys are both drummers right yep yes we are yeah (laughs) so i i just i i i gotta ask or wonder um do, does that does that um, simpatico ness ever come into play? Is like is that one of the things that that makes you guys work so well together? Is like you guys have like drummer speak or something? You you could speak drummer with each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need two drummers to be able to read a book because on their own it won't happen. So <laughs> we had to team up. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, no, I just, I, I just thought that that was, uh, you know, just an interesting little factoid that like it just clicked. It's like, wait a minute, they're both drummers. Huh. Yeah, we have Yoshi and I have made several jokes uh, since we've become friends on how we do sort of seem to be the Earth One, Earth Two versions of each other. So. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, Yoshi, before uh, before we part ways for now, any uh, closing thoughts 
um, about Transformers Reanimated. And uh, you can use that as a, a segue into where folks can, uh, you know, uh, visit the website and how folks can connect with you on the Internet and on social medias. You know, uh, Greg, are, Greg and I are doing this because this is the thing we want to buy. And uh, we really hope you guys will check it out and uh, let us know what you think, uh, what you would like to see. And uh, if you head over to TransformersReanimated.com, you can find all of our social media and multiple ways to get a hold of us there. Uh, you know, I guess I would be thrilled if uh, if IDW turned around and said, you know what, we're going to give it a read and we'll 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 reconsider what we originally said. I would I would love for that to happen as the end game, but. The reality is uh, Greg and I will do this until we're out of steam and then it'll just fizzle out. But hopefully it'll be a fun ride. Fair enough. Um, well, Yoshi, I mean, this is, a, a, again, like like I had said, it had been way too long and, you know, we we were, I, I think it was as much as like Emerald City like two years ago saying like, yeah, man, we, we need to kick it sometime. So I'm glad the right project at the right time uh, came along because this, uh, this, this was a blast. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for, uh, thanks for pimping out our stuff. Absolutely. Anytime. I mean, us uh, uh, Transformers adjacent content creators got to stick together. So. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll have to come on Unfunny Nerd Tangent sometime, Mike, as well. Absolutely. I, I would like nothing more. That that would be a lot of fun. Um, so, Greg, while, uh, while we've got you, um, uh, could you remind folks where they can get in touch with you on the Internet and all of the, the cool shows that uh, that you're involved in? Uh, sure. So you could follow me on Twitter at Greg T13. Now get a pen because it's spelled G R E I G T 13. It's just, it's uh yeah, that's just the way it was spelled. Unfortunately, I've been dealing with it my whole life. So yeah, at Greg T 13 on Twitter. And then of course I'm on the unfunny nerd tangent podcast, which is uh, at unfunny N tangent on Twitter because unfunny nerd tangent doesn't fit uh <laughs> but unfunnynerdtangent.com is our website as well which will give you links to uh, all of our podcasts and our various articles and things like that um we're on itunes stitcher you know apple podcasts google play all that kind of stuff soundcloud um and of course we're part of the steel cage podcast network so uh, any wrestling fans out there at all as well check that out that's the steel at the steel cage on twitter and the steel is their website and that'll link you to a variety of different podcasts there as well wonderful well again thank you so much guys the uh, project is transformers reanimated based on the original cartoon series transformers reanimated bridges the gap between the end of the seminal second season and the 1986 movie that defined all of our childhoods and the childhoods of millions. You can download and view the script for the first issue, and you can check out the art as well as all of the behind-the-scenes stuff. And that, uh, um, and yeah, head up the socials if you want to contribute to the project and help keep it going. You know, share that stuff out on Twitter, Facebook, uh, wherever, and yeah, just kind of. Um, I actually, you know, last thing, if if folks really because there there was a call to action that um, that. I think both of you guys had mentioned what what's the call to action for folks that really want to support this project in a big, big bad way in terms of getting folks to pay attention and take a look at it. 
the call to action, um, you know, let IDW know this is out there. Yeah. Tweet at them, email them, send them a physical letter. Uh, you know, you, you don't you don't need to you don't need to let us know or email us directly. Like this is great. Like if if you really do like it, if you're really willing to spend, uh, you know, four bucks for a comic book that is this, let IDW know that you would love to give them your money for something like this because it's here. Yeah. We're we're sitting by the phone. Cool. Very good. That's a perfect way to leave it. Again, gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And we'll see you around the way. All right. Thanks for, thanks thanks for, for having, having us. us. Call the Mike Cyber Radio Voicemail Hotline, 231-224-MIKE. And for you youngins that don't know how the letters work on a phone, that's 231-224-6453. Get off my lawn. And for what is the feel-good story of the week, we turn to Alexandria, Virginia, and the story of a brave little boy who loves Bumblebee and how you can help his mom with an epic surprise for his upcoming birthday. Here's the story from WJLA ABC 7. Only on 7, he may only be four years old, but little Whitaker is a fighter. He's battled cancer, gone through treatments, and he is still fighting. Yeah, this little guy isn't giving up at all. And just like all kids his age, Whitaker loves one thing, and in this case, it's the car Bumblebee from Transformers. Who doesn't? <laughs> RJ Korf is in Alexandria with a special surprise in the works for this little boy and how you can get involved. Whitaker Weinberger, like any little kid, has a favorite toy. Why do you love yellow cars? Yes, I do. Transformers, in particular, Bumblebee, a beloved member of the Autobots. He'll even show you how he transforms. <laughs> Whitaker's mom, Erin, says her nearly four-year-old loves yellow vehicles so much, he screams Bumblebee every time he sees one, be it a taxi or a sedan. He finds joy in any place he really can, He's and he's been like that since he was born. Maybe Whitaker appreciates his young life so much because... It hasn't been an easy one. Whitaker was diagnosed with stage four neuroblastoma at a year old. He's endured surgeries, chemo, radiation, and two bone marrow transplants. His scans are now gratefully stable. For every birthday of his life, though, Whitaker hasn't felt well. So his parents hatched a plan, something really special for his fourth birthday, which is just around the corner. But they need your help. My fourth birthday is September 11. Like, what if we, he came out and we were walking to school and there was just yellow cars? Erin is asking neighbors, friends, strangers, anyone with a yellow car to line her Alexandria, Virginia street the morning of Wednesday, September 11th. So while Whitaker walks to school on his birthday, he'll see a sea of bumblebees. I can't imagine what he will do walking to school. I think it'll take longer to get there. <laughs> If interested, bring your yellow car to the corner of Woodbine Street and Crest Street in Alexandria Wednesday, no later than 7 a.m. on September 11th to play a part in Whitaker Weinberger's Surprise Bumblebee Birthday. I'm Jay Korf. I love Mommy. You love Mommy? Yeah. For ABC 7 News. Oh, I love that call right there. Wouldn't that be a, a sight to see? Yeah, and it's an easy way to make someone's day. Right. It makes someone's year, really. Absolutely. You don't even have to have a Camaro. Just yeah. bring any yellow car. <laughs> any That's yellow amazing. car at all.
<laughs> uh, but that's not the end of the story. So uh, over the weekend, uh, Jeremy Levy, who is the voice actor for Bumblebee in Transformers Cyberverse, he uh, tweeted at the reporter Jay Korf, uh, who you heard earlier, um, asking if he can help. So uh, get this. He is going to call uh, Whitaker on his birthday, which is uh, uh, amazing and so gracious. But in addition to uh, Jeremy Levy, a uh, YouTuber, uh, Rodimus Primal, um, also reached out to uh, the reporter with uh, with a really great idea, uh, basically asking if he could call upon folks to donate toys or anything else for uh, uh, for Whitaker and his family. Um, so a- after working out some logistics, he posted up a video that he didn't monetize um, with, uh, with details about where uh, folks can send toys and other gifts. Um, I've seen folks on Twitter uh, posting uh, drawings and other things uh, that they're going to be sending along and and basically uh, calling all Transformers fans uh, to help out if they can and uh, you know we're we're now uh, hearing about all of this basically because Rodimus Primal just started uh, sharing the story and the video and you know tagging as many uh, Transformers content creators um, and and that's how uh, I I got it like third party because I I think I think I initially saw it retweeted from uh, TFU, uh, Transformers University, and Anthony Bercali, but I, I think I saw um, other folks that I follow as well. Um, and yeah, so I mean that's I mean that that's kind of how things go viral, right? You know, just uh, uh, spreading it and spreading it and spreading it. Um, and and I know the transmission guys uh, mentioned it on their show this week. Uh, my buddy Burr Martin, the selfie dad, is talking about it on his podcast as well. And uh, the Autopod Decepticast uh, uh, folks are adding a tag to next Sunday's episode, which uh, which is already done and in the can. But Ryan is going back through and and doing uh, some editing and and kind of tacking something on there as well because there there'll, there'll still be uh, uh, plenty of time, you know, before uh, uh, before Whitaker's birthday on the 11th. Um, so um, I'll I'll have a link to Rodimus Primal's video in the show notes, um, uh, as well as printing uh, the address uh, to send donations if you're out of state and want to help. Uh, those are going to go through the TV station. Uh, so send your donations. Uh, 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 attention, J. Korff, K-O-R-F-F, uh, ABC7, uh, WJLA, news reporter. Um, the address is 1100 Wilson Boulevard. That's in Arlington, Virginia. And the zip code is 22209. And uh, per uh, uh, Rodimus Primal's video, uh, please send one Transformers toy with a gift receipt to that address by August 31st. First, so you still have uh, some time to get your shipping together, um, and yeah, you know, uh, be creative. You know, find find like a really cool, uh, you know, a yellow bumblebee car, or really, I mean, because I mean, again, uh, uh, Whitaker seems to be excited by pretty much every uh, yellow 
vehicle on the road. So yeah, you know, uh, get creative, find something really cool uh, that's yellow, you know, maybe not even a transformer, just something that's a cool yellow car. Um, And as a reminder, the mom is asking neighbors, friends, strangers, anyone with a yellow car to line her Alexandria, Virginia Street the morning of Wednesday, September 11th. So while Whitaker is walking to school on his birthday, he'll see a sea of bumblebees out there. Um, And again, that's the corner of Woodbine and Crest Streets, and you gotta be there before 7 a.m. And I know we all know folks in the Transformers fan community that have some kind of uh, bumblebee car, whether whether it's a it's a Beetle or a Camaro. Um, um, so if you've got a yellow car and you're in the Alexandria, Virginia area, um, uh, this would be something really nice to do if you're in a position to help. I I, I was uh, uh, talking to Scott Hanline, who you heard a few weeks ago, uh, talking about his Bumblebee Camaro. And while he's not able to go, unfortunately, he did mention uh, that the story is uh, making the rounds in the car enthusiast uh, groups he's a part of on Facebook. So it's it's even now spreading beyond just Transformers fandom and getting into um, you know car enthusiasts and and that fandom as well. And 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 I'm just eager. Uh, to see how this powerful Transformers fandom is going to help make this a special birthday for uh, uh, for a brave little dude. And that will do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And stick around after the credits for a bonus segment with my guests that I had to cut but I couldn't let go of. Um, and if you want to listen to our past shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Tell us what you like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future. The feedback really does help. Mike Seibert Radio is produced by Dave Sanders. For my guests, Yusuf, a.k.a. Yoshi, and Greg, a.k.a. Captain Boomerang, my name is Mike Seibert, a.k.a. Mike Seibert. And until next time... Make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production. I don't think it needs to be said, but obviously, you know, as Michael Bay would say, cut for the edit. (laughs) So, you, uh, um, Greg, you listen to Autopod Decepticast, right? So yes. you so yes. you you get you get the whole dreadnoks thing and mm-hmm. and where where our buddy is doing that I so I I got a text on the uh uh notorious infamous uh APDC group text that I'm occasionally in with the guys oh, and it's like well you, hey I I left you a voicemail and I listened to it and I was like dot 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 you know Greg's Australian right <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. In fact, actually, uh, give me two seconds. Let me grab my phone here because it's it's worth it. <laughs> it was, I, I I'm gonna blow these guys up. This actually, uh, uh, this was this was too good to pass up. Um, let me see where where did I go? I'm making stuff up um, on the fly here. I didn't uh, intend to uh, go into all this material, but yeah. So I so uh, you know Greg is Australian, right? I know. 
Dreadnoughts isn't Australian. He's an amalgamation of all English accents from all commonwealths and colonies. This was like six different texts. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, uh, so, so, Greg, my, uh, my Australian friend, I was wondering if you had uh, any a, a commentary that you'd like to share with uh, Dreadnoughts before, uh, before we get out of here. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I think it's great. I, I particularly like... I got a shout out on uh, the APDC <laughs> podcast a while ago when they hit episode 100 because uh-huh. apparently they had already decided to do a review of Dark Awakening. Right, and yeah. And they threw out uh, the question to the internet anyway to say like, hey, what should we do for episode 100? Mm-hmm. So I just replied and went, oh, you guys should do like a review or a commentary of Dark Awakening just because why not? I'd love to hear what, what it's about the whole zombie prime. Yeah. Well, like and they were basically replied with like oh my god like you must have some kind of um what do you call crystal it? ball magic telling powers or something because that's what we're going to do yeah. and then in their outtakes obviously they were talking about it beforehand because they uh they're all sort of doing their their aussie accent <laughs> oh that's and right i forgot about that <laughs> they even mentioned how their australian accents turn them into Sean Connery, which doesn't make any sense, but that's just what happened. <laughs> but it did, it did work. So uh, very yeah. good. Well, well, that's that's my moment of self-indulgent podcasting, and that's and that's why my episodes are so long. So, um, but it, but again, guys, this uh, this was a uh, um, oh, actually, Yoshi, real quick, why is Airplane the greatest movie of all time? Oh shit. <laughs> I, I figured since you tweeted it, you wanted to at least mention it. I'm not going to talk about Drawn Together because that, that was just never my jam. Uh, that's too bad. You know, I just like comedy, and that's one of the one of the very first comedies I just really fell in love with. Very cool. You know, you know Airplane's not called Airplane down here, right? No, what's it called? It's called Flying High. Mm-hmm. Huh. So if you go to the, the the store or whatever to look for it, like as a kid, I just knew it as flying high. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, airplane. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah, one of those weird uh, intercontinental movie title switches. Yeah, I, I happened to uh, listen to another podcast uh, out of Australia, the uh, Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast uh, from Paul and Wayne. They're, uh, they're, uh, they're over in Perth. And so, yeah, so they, they were recently talking about uh, flying high in airplane. And, and the thing that, that's so interesting that I found about listening to content made by folks in Australia is just the... Uh, <laughs> The, we swear the, a lot more. Well, that too. Well, yeah, and and the c word gets thrown around like it like oh, it's yeah. nothing. It it it's an adjustment. I'm like, uh, because you know, here in the states, that's that's like the one word you can't use. You can say fuck, fuck, motherfucker all fucking day, but you can't drop that c word because uh, then that's that's a new level. Whereas, uh, whereas, yeah, you know, uh, it's it's uh, just kind of common nomenclature for for a lot of folks. But um, I, I forget where I was going with that. Oh, the um, just um, it, it's interesting to me how. Um, influential or knowledgeable uh folks are about american pop culture and it's 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 kind of odd because we're here in the states and we i think we kind of take take it for granted because i almost feel guilty sometimes because i 
I don't really know thing one about, say, Australian pop culture. But yet, Greg, you're here, uh, you know, talking to us about Transformers and obviously, you know, all of the stuff that you do on uh, Unfunny Nerd uh, Tangent Podcast and all, you know, all of the other stuff that you do. It's I'm not going anywhere with this, but it was it was just like it, it's an interesting observation to me that folks from a, a completely different part of the world have that same um, affection uh, for the same stuff that we do here in our country. It's it's easy for us to take for granted, I think, as occasionally ugly Americans. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. It definitely, especially back in the 80s and stuff, like I was born in 79, so you can imagine as a kid in you know, right through the 80s there. And, yeah, every, you know, I can't think of a, of a locally produced cartoon show Mm-hmm. that I watched because it was all He-Man or Transformers or the Ninja Turtles or uh, even like the, the real Ghostbusters and things like that, yeah. uh, Thundercats, all that sort of stuff. Uh, whereas here we had kids programming, but it was it was more of a um, live action type of stuff like your, um, like Mr. Rogers is the wrong uh, analogy, but it's essentially, yeah. you know, like a woman and a puppet introducing cartoon shows sure and then you would watch transformers or you would watch ninja turtles and things like that um or or sort of that educational after school tv type of show um but yeah the 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 american culture definitely hit us pretty hard uh for for a good sort of span of time there and and it's obviously stuck because yeah we we talk about all kinds of things Mm -hmm. uh, on on our podcast and very little of it it's Australian based. So. Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean like in that podcast I just mentioned a moment ago, every once in a while they'll talk about like a Aussie movie or like they went mm. to a screening from like local filmmakers or something like that. And it, but it's very few and very far between. It's, it's, well, that, yeah, that, that comes up anytime Eric Banner is mentioned, for instance. Um, I always bring up the Aussie movie Chopper that he was in, you know, yeah. or or Heath Ledger. Everyone in America is like, oh, Heath Ledger, yeah, it was Brokeback Mountain and the Joker, obviously, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah but there's a really good Australian movie called Two Hands that is excellent. Gotcha. That would easily cross over, over <laughs> to America. You know, it would it would work. It's just a different way. And the best thing about that movie is it's not an Australian movie mm. trying to be an American movie. It's just an Australian movie. Right. So you get the culture, you see the difference. You know, it's like if you were to watch Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. It's not an English movie trying to be in an American movie. It's just an English movie. Gotcha. Perfect way to put it. 